start with a review of the sales process because we just hit upon it so quickly last time. I want to make sure that um, that people really understand that there that there is a process, there is a cycle to it. It is a methodical numbers game, pretty much, and it is there are activities that go into the sales process that are distinct and separate from networking activities and marketing activities. Um, let me just review the numbers. What you know, what goes into the numbers game, just so that we can all get on the same page about that. Okay, this, this is what this is again what the general research shows, and um, part of what we have to do as coaches in our distinct fields is figure out how this applies to us in our experience. But I'll share with you the general research. The general research says that it takes ten phone calls to get through to six people in order to schedule one meeting. Now. In the case of referrals, where it's a warm phone call, it's a warm lead, someone that you trust has referred you to this person and someone that they trust has referred you to this person, then in that case, the same 10 calls will actually get you through to more people, more like eight people, and it could yield three or four meetings. So the numbers get better in the case of referrals. But then what happens is with these meetings, there's basically a first meeting, which is what you're trying to get, is the first meeting. It takes 10 first meetings to get five second meetings in order to get one client. So what that means is you can pretty much count on it taking about 100 phone calls to get 10 meetings to get one client. In other words, in moving through the sales process, it's basically a systematic cycle of you make phone calls to set up meetings. You, you go to these meetings and interview the client in the meeting, and then you set up the next step. Generally speaking, the next step is going to be another meeting. It could be another meeting where you bring someone else back from your team if you want to expand the business that way. It could be that you're coming back to meet with other people on their team, maybe the decision makers in, in the organization. Um, it could be that the next step is when you bring back your proposal and deliver that in person. But so the goal, really, the goal of any sales activity is to get a meeting. That's the bottom line. So marketing activities and networking activities have different goals. Networking activities are about making contacts and seeking connections. Marketing activities are about building your image or your credibility. Sales activities are about getting meetings, getting meetings with decision makers, really. So if you're... If you're involved in this systematic cycle of making phone calls, setting up first appointments, going to those first appointments, interviewing the clients, setting up the second meeting, asking for the business, and then once you get the business, providing exceptional service is also part of the sales cycle because once you're in, that, once you're in the client relationship, you're still in the sales cycle if you're interested in getting more work from this person. So, you're, so part of providing exceptional service is also part of the sales cycle because then what happens is you come back into the sales cycle much further down in the process. It becomes easier than starting from scratch with someone who's in your entire universe of potential users. Now, here's another here's another secret about about your getting how to set up your first meeting, which is really the focus of today. Um, so when you're setting up your first meeting, you're going to be making calls. You're going to be doing cold calls or warm calls, depending on if it's someone that you met or someone that referred you. And when you're calling, the, the entire purpose of your call is to get an appointment and get off the phone. You don't want to spend a lot of time on the phone call telling them about your services, telling them what you can do for them, or interviewing them over the phone. 
The whole purpose of the phone call is to get the appointment and get off the phone. So you have to introduce yourself. This is a good time to use your 30-second commercial. And then you say, I'm just calling you today because I want to talk, I want to set up a time to come in and talk to you about the coaching services that I provide and how it might be helpful to your organization. How's Tuesday at 3 o'clock? And the reason you say, how's Tuesday at 3 o'clock or whatever, pick a date and time and say, how's such and such. Say it right at the end of your spiel. Hi, my name is so-and-so, 30-second commercial. The reason I'm calling you today is, how's Tuesday at 3 o'clock? And the reason you do that is because when you say, how's Tuesday at 3 o'clock or how's Friday at 1 o'clock, they get out their calendar. Once they've gotten out their calendar, you've got them. You never want to leave it open-ended and say, when can we get together or when works for you. You always want to suggest a specific date and time. And only one. Don't give them options. Just you know, suggest a specific date and time. If they say, no, I'm not available then, then have another one in the wings. Great. How about Thursday at 5 or whatever? technique I've sometimes used is telling people I'm going to be in the area and I just need like 15 minutes of their time. They can kick me out of the office after that if they choose. Well, is that true that you only want 15 minutes of their time? No, it's not true. It's, okay. It's, it's, just, it's just a ruse to get in the door. Yeah. Well, it, I think... I think I'd steer away from that because what that does is it somehow diminishes you. Right. It makes you, oh, I'm not as important, my time's not as important as yours. Right. And you don't want to get that message across. Right. You want to communicate peerage. And by peerage, I mean you're a busy executive as well. Right. That's a good point. You do not want to be in the position of a subordinate begging for 15 minutes of the king's time. Right. Good point. Now, oftentimes they might say, this is where gatekeepers come in, oftentimes they might say, well, listen, you know what, my secretary handles my schedule, so you'll need to call her. This is good news. This is not a brush-off. When they tell you that, you then get the name and number of the secretary, and then you call the secretary, and you're, it's not even a cold call at this point. You're saying, Sheila, you know, Jerry said that I should set up a time to talk with you. How, what does his calendar look like Tuesday at 3? Other tricks when you get the gatekeeper. Has anyone ever had trouble getting past the gatekeeper to the person they're trying to reach? Of course. So you're calling in, you're trying to reach Marsha's CEO, and you've reached the gatekeeper, and the gatekeeper is trying to keep you from actually getting to talk to Marsha's CEO. What have you found works? Has anyone found anything successful in getting through the gatekeeper? Well, sometimes it's, I've found what works is to establish a relationship with the gatekeeper. Yes. And to just not even try to push by the gatekeeper just to be very, very warm and friendly and um, and really almost depending upon the gatekeeper well, you know, I just try to mirror the gatekeeper but if I, if I have find somebody who's got a great sense of humor then I'm, in, then I'm golden because I know I'm going to get the appointment then. Right, right, good that's definitely one strategy there are three strategies for getting past the gatekeeper um, one strategy is to befriend the gatekeeper and have him or her schedule the appointment for you so that you don't even ever have to talk to Marsha CEO. You just do it through the gatekeeper by befriending them or using humor or whatever. Another strategy is to call when you know the gatekeeper's not there, <laughs> either early in the morning or after 5 or 5.30. Oftentimes, the executives are there and the, and the gatekeepers are not. Oftentimes, the gatekeepers are 9 to 5ers and the CEOs are there like 7 a.m. or whatever. 7 a.m., by the way, is a great time to reach people. And the last strategy is to be, it's really about speaking from a confident place, as if you are 
a well-known colleague of the person you're calling, even if you've never met or spoken to them before, and to use everybody's first name, to use the, the gatekeeper's first name and to use the CEO's first name or whoever you're calling. So, hi, Mary, this is Susie calling for John. Is he there? In other words, you sound like you know him. You sound like you've got a right to be calling. You sound like you're a friend. You don't sound like you're a salesperson calling to, to talk to someone who you've never met before. So, so some, you know, just some general appointment setting tips. Remember that the goal is to make the appointment and get off the phone. You know, make, set up the meeting and get off the phone. And remember that that's the purpose of your call. Don't, you don't want to get into drawn out discussions. You don't want to attempt to, to sell the prospect while you're on the phone with them. And you want to, you want to, in, in your call, you want to give them a reason to see you. Now, one way that I've, that, that I've done that, that I think has been effective is when you're calling into an organization, and you've done work in an organization that's similar to theirs, they always want to hear about it. So like I can call into, for example, when I called into Sears, I said, listen, you know, I called the general counsel of Sears, who I had met once before at an event, and I said, reminded her where I'd met her, and reminded her of who I am and what I do. And I said, listen, I know that you know I have been doing this executive coaching work with the lawyers at DuPont for the past five years. I would love to set up a time to come and talk with you about what I've done for them. How's Tuesday at 5? Because when you, when you talk to a prospect about what you've done for someone else, it's not as threatening to them, and it allows them to see in your story about the other client where you could be of use to them. In fact, there's a very funny story about a colleague of mine who learned this lesson very well. She, was, she had done some work for Pepsi, and then she went and called Coke and figured, I've done some work for Pepsi, so I can come and work for Coke. Well, if you know anything about Pepsi and Coke, you know that they are arch rivals. And the first thing she had to say was, I'd love to tell you what I've done for Pepsi, and they didn't want to have anything to do with her. Well, so you, you have to know, yeah, right. You again, you have to know your target. And if it's not appropriate to name names, then don't. But you can say, I'd love to tell you about some of the work we've been doing that I think may be relevant to, to you. And then you don't have to name the clients. You, you want to be careful and strategic about naming clients when it's going to be of use to you and know when it isn't going to be of use to you. This is where it gets a little tricky. When I, and I ran into this when I first started because, again, I was coming from school teaching. I was a school teacher. I didn't have corporate experience. What I did was I took, I really analyzed what I did as a school teacher and what elements of that might be relevant in corporate America. Uh -huh. And I told stories about my quote-unquote clients that were right out of my classroom stories right out of my classroom, and I just changed the language. They were real stories, but I changed the language to be business language, and I changed the client, you know, my third graders to be executives. <laughs> I remember one example was something along the lines of, um, of dealing with interpersonal conflict. You know, <laughs> two executives in the boardroom, which is really two third graders on the playground fighting over jump rope, you which know. Which is what they were once, right? Right, right. And then <laughs> there was... <laughs> And then there was one that was um, about managing, what did I call it, managing simultaneous deadlines or something like that. That was, that was, um, <laughs> that was uh, juice time. <laughs> yeah, you know, something like that. I mean, really, you, you have experiences in yeah. your personal and professional experience that you can translate into being relevant in the, the person's world that you're talking to. And it's just about really spending the time to analyze what those are and putting the correct language around it so that you can talk about it 
in a way that's authentic for you and natural so that you're not lying or making things up, but that you're really, you're really demonstrating how your experience is relevant to them. Okay, so let's, let's move on. Let's say you have called, you've set up your appointment with the prospect, and now you're at your first meeting. What do you do to open the conversation? Before going into your first meeting is you want to prepare for your first meeting the way you would prepare for a coaching call. You want to come up with a list of questions. And the thing that I've found effective in first meetings, in sales meetings really, is to handle them as a coach. To really be in the session coaching the person around determining the outcome of what a relationship with you might look like, what the results might be, what value they might place on the results were you to were you able to help them accomplish that effectively? You want to get in there, establish the relationship, establish some rapport, establish peerage, but also credibility. This is a really good time to use your 30-second commercial. This is a really good time to say, let me start by telling you a little bit about myself. I'm, so, you know, to go right into your 30-second commercial because then you're establishing credibility right up front. And then with your questions, you'll start the ball rolling in a conversation and you'll start to learn about them. And, and really the 80-20 rule applies here too in the first meeting. You want to be listening 80% of the time and only speaking 20% of the time. But I definitely think you want to take charge when you come into the meeting because you're establishing peerage again that way. If you come in and you take the lead, you're saying, I'm a leader. I'm your peer. I'm not going to wait for you to take the lead because you're the big boss. I'm going to come in and take the lead. You know, you're coming in, you're talking to a CEO or an executive or someone who is an accomplished leader. You, too, need to demonstrate being an accomplished leader. And you are. You have your own business. You guys all have doctorates, for gosh sakes. That's impressive. Not a lot of people selling to businesses have doctorates. When you're meeting someone, depending on a combination of things, your comfort level, the culture of the organization into which you're speaking, the atmosphere you want to establish in the conversation. If it's someone that you believe is going to be intimidating to you, you might open up with Dr. Fromm. However, if you want to be more laid back and be more comfortable and feel com comfortable in who you are, you can say Bob, and then you can follow it up with, hi, my name is Bob, I'm a doctor of psychology. You know, you can, there are ways to get it in there so that it builds the credibility, but if you want them to call you Bob, tell them what, they, what you want them to call you. I think it really all comes back to your mindset, and you've got to psych yourself up before going into any of these meetings, because your mindset is what gets communicated loudest and clearest about you, I think. Um, so if you're feeling less than, or if you're feeling inadequate, or if you're feeling um, anything less than stellar and spectacular, that's going to communicate in the meeting. So you want to think of an image that you can hold on to that, that makes you feel like you're boosted up and ready to handle anything. And, it, and the image is really connected to your vision of your business. And what I mean by that is think about, think about why you have your business. Think about what you want for yourself in the future. Um, a colleague of mine envisions herself being a millionaire laying on the beach. So she thinks of that image before she goes into a sales meeting, and it calms her and gets her to a centered place where she can go into the meeting from a confident place. That doesn't work for me. For me, I think about the image of million-dollar consultants, and I look at, what does that look like? How is that person being the person who's a million-dollar consultant? 
And then I put on that cloak, if you will, before I go into the meeting, so that that's who I'm being. So whatever that is for you, you want to come up with your one little thing that you can remind yourself of. That you can only, It's almost like flipping a switch. You can click that into place no matter what kind of a day you're having. Before you walk into a meeting, you can click that into place and walk in there projecting everything you want to project. So, so what I'd like to do is actually have you guys set goals on this call. And I want you to set goals for how many, and be realistic, how many first meetings you will arrange between now and the next call. Not how many first meetings you will have, but how many you will arrange. So in other words, how many calls are you going to make to set up how many meetings in the next week? And you can set up the meetings for a month down the road. It doesn't matter when the meetings are set up for. You have everything you need already, really. You have an ear and a mouth and a brain, and you have fingers to dial the phone with. You probably have phone numbers of some people you'd like to meet with. That's all you need. Don't make it harder than it has to be. So here's the thing. If you only want to say, if you only want to commit to one, just commit to one. That's fine. We're not going to judge you by how many you commit to doing between now and next week. This is for you. So, you know, wherever you want to be in terms of your... Um, how much you want to get in the game right now or not, that's fine. And I mean, really, this is, you know, you make appointments all the time. You call people all the time. You know how to do this. You already have these skills. All right, take care, everybody. Okay. Happy phone calls. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.